figure out if my youngest son is actually hurt or not, because his brother had a crazy wreck on his scooter yesterday, smashing mm. his face into the pavement. Durr. And uh whole face was swollen up, blood, snot, spit everywhere. Durr. Couldn't figure out one tooth is chipped, but couldn't figure out if it was like um, you know, loose enough to go to the emergency room or if it'd gone all the way through his lip. It went part way through his lip, big chunk out of his lower lip. Oh, it didn't Lord. go all the way through. People were driving off the road. <laughs> it was it was a little it was a little gruesome. And he's screaming. Um, and it, it was it was rough. But then his brother had a wreck like shortly thereafter, and oh my ankle, oh my ankle. Thought he broke uh-huh. his ankle, and uh, it seems like a sympathy wreck of some sort. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I think you could probably tease out what's going on yeah. psychologically there. But here, sorry to hear about old Sam though. Yeah, he went to school today. He's got like three uh-huh. tests, so I really wanted him to go to school. But he's got this jet black bruise on his chin that is uh, troubling looking. Yikes. Holy Yikes. jaw hurts. Teacher's guaranteed going to ask, uh, so uh, how'd you get that? Uh, what's going on there? Well, you know, they're looking out for the kids. Uh, so you believe the old story that running downhill, bears can't run downhill or something like that? Yeah, I'd heard that yeah. my whole life. I just, I never even thought about it for two seconds. I just assumed it was true. Well, Paul dropped us a quick email. He points out, you know, I can run faster downhill than up. So maybe running downhill is the only chance you've got. Because you can I mean, run presumably, faster. Yeah, the bear might be able to speed up a little bit, but I know I can. My wife was right when she said, I grew up around bears. Don't be giving the the boys tips on bears when you you have no bear experience. Because she, as a little girl, was, uh, she had done something, and her mom sent her out on the back porch to sweep off the porch. And then, uh, and had locked the door behind her and said, don't, you know, don't come back in here until you're done. Gladys, Gladys, the host's wives' stories get the harp, too. <laughs> so she, went, so she, she put the little lock on the sliding glass door, finished sweeping off the porch, and then he can come back in. But then she knocked on the window and said, Mom, there's a bear out here. And uh, just finished sweeping off the porch, you know, kind of like my youngest son's pretending to have a, a hurt foot. You know, you're just using an excuse. There actually was a bear in the backyard. I'll be danged. Which her mom felt quite bad about after when she realized her daughter was actually saying, yeah, could you unlock the door? There's a bear right here. <laughs> Jack, is another foot speed See, of bears down, Friday. I, I would have run downhill. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you're in the Arctic being chased by a polar bear? It's flat. What are you going to do then? Just stand there and get eaten? Start that, digging. Growing up in the you know plains of Kansas, one, there aren't that many bears. But two, it is very, very flat. And I did always wonder, I'm going to get pretty winded trying to find a hill. <laughs> That's why I really have always gone with the classic, I don't have to outrun the bear, I only have to outrun you. Which I think I can outrun most people I usually hang out with. So g- good luck with that, right, I say right. as I disappear. Aren't uh, you we supposed need to, get to play dead? Depends on the bear. Okay. Depends on the kind of bear. I'm supposed to ask them? <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. What sort of bear are you? Uh, no, but we need to get to Clips of the Week. But I will tell you this. The polar bear, slow-footed among your major bears at 25 miles per hour. But, of course, they're not made for speed. They're made for, you know, handling ice and snow and that well, sort of thing. Well, unless you're Usain Bolt, you're not going to outrun that anyway, 25 miles per hour. That's a good point. That's a good point. But, Jack, the polar bear wishes it was the grizzly bear 35 miles per hour. You're doomed. Just lean. 
Right. Why you're Why do you want to die out of breath? Yeah. Just, just stand there and wait. But then it's there's some you. animals you're supposed to make yourself big and aggressive to scare off, but some animals right. you do that, it makes them want to fight you. And I'm never going to remember which is which if I ever have a beast come up on me. So I'm just going to sit down and do what you're going to do. I'm going to start right. scrolling right. through my Twitter, just wait for it to eat me. Hope it's now, not there's no reason, no reason to bring race into this, but black bears, 35 miles per hour, just like the grizzly. Yeah, you have no I, chance. Yeah. You want to know about Kodiak bears? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is there any bear I could outrun? According to animals.mom.com. I could outrun a koala bear, yeah. probably. The Kodiak bear can do bursts of 50 miles per hour. Oh, my God. That can't be true. What? I've had cars that can barely do that. Oh, here you go. Can Usain Bolt outrun a grizzly bear? Humans, of course, aren't going to outrun them. Running from a bear, even for Usain Bolt, no. A bear would catch Usain Bolt and eat him. And think, hmm, Jamaican jerk spices. Hmm, delightful. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, that's your foot speed. Foot, hmm, take two. Foot speed of bears. <laughs> but right now, let's take a fun look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Bouquet of beef sticks. Fried chicken bouquet. The attack was unprecedented in audacity and scope. Russian spies went rummaging through the digital files of the U.S. Departments of Justice, State, Treasury, Energy, and Commerce. The schools are much better there. Plus, there are so many good restaurants you can walk to. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming from hospitals. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home. To 66 million of that money went to voter conduct, contact. Where'd the other money go? But I want you to know this. Mitch McConnell, McConnell was indispensable to Donald Trump's success. This morning, temperatures plummeted below freezing in parts of every single state. They want to pick on us because they want their babysitters back. It's not because our DNA is different. It's not because we're special human beings. It's because of our freedom. It's because of the founding documents and all those rights that we have where they come from. I hate to criticize what is a fine and beefy cow, but uh, biatch, you get in my face, I'm going to F you up. It's a pretty strong clip. Uh, what to do if you're confronted by a bear, Jack, according to the U.S. National Park Service? Okay, remain finally. still. Remain still. Stand your ground, but slowly wave your arms. Help the bear recognize you as a human. It may come closer to stand on its hind legs to get a better look or smell. Oh, jeez, if the bear stands on its hind legs anywhere near me, I'm likely to uh, S a B. Well, that might help drive it away. You might smell that and think, I'm not eating that. Wow. I hate to be childish. So to be unconfronted by bears for the entire day today. We bring this up because a poor lady was sitting on an outhouse and there was a bear down there. And because I just learned two days ago, as a man in middle age, that you're not supposed to run downhill when confronted with a bear. Don't run at all, okay? So that's what that guy's saying. Don't run. 
Right. That guy is the U.S. National Park Service, Jack. They know from bears. Boy, I don't know if I could keep myself from running. Yeah. You know, I was confronted with a mountain lion not terribly long ago and uh, kind of accidentally did exactly what you're supposed to do. I was loud and, and big, mostly because I, I, I uttered an oath, as they used to say in the Hardy Boys uh, books. I, I swore loudly when I saw it, involuntarily, and then started waving my arms, rawr, rawr, and it ran away. What was your bad word of choice? Uh, it was holy yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, But then I know you're not supposed to turn and run from a mountain lion because it will just uh, instinctively think, okay, I'll chase. And so I had to back away very slowly, and it took a tremendous amount of adrenaline and fear control to not turn tail and go. I just had to walk slowly backward. And all the while, really wanting to turn tail and run. So, yeah, well, you'd hope you'd do the right thing if you're confronted by a bear. And with urine running down your inner thigh, I assume. Well, that was a good reminder to, oh, that's right, backward. Walk backward. Drip, drip. Now, if a, if you're confronted by a cougar, you top off her Chardonnay, right? Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Take Very different hike. technique. Do what? Take yes. her on a hike. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Eh, beautiful. So that's so uh, probably get to something a little more substantive after the break. More substantive than that. Although keeping people from being eaten by bears is pretty. Yeah, it's helpful anyway. I want to repeat. I don't know how long ago it was. The biggest news of the day to me, uh, COVID wise. Actually, there's two really big pieces of news, COVID wise, that we really ought to hit you with if you haven't heard it. Huge news should be the discussion of everyone. Policies should be made around this. Uh, all that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. bad for these students. No child should have to spend six hours a day staring at a boring screen. That's what your 20s through your late 60s are for. (sighs) But it is pretty weird to hear kids say that they want to go back to school. Then again, this pandemic has done that to everybody. Every adult I know now is like, oh my God, I can't wait to be on an airplane again, sitting in that middle seat, squashed between two people's armpits while the flight attendant tells me that they're all out of the good crackers. Oh, I can't wait. I was kind of surprised that, uh, you know, my son reached a point where he wanted to get back to school. But you know, you sit around the house so long, you know? Yeah, I know. Talking to your friends. I, I know you didn't love school yourself. Um, I, I absolutely would have been going crazy wanting to hang out with friends and play sports and just the whole school experience. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I would have hated it. Um, so here's some giant news on the COVID front that, you know, relates to opening the schools back up and everything like that. To me, the biggest news of the day is the op-ed from that guy from Johns Hopkins in Wall Street Journal saying, look, I don't understand why more people aren't doing the math here. If you uh, estimate how many people have gotten the COVID already, based on numbers we know, along with the confirmed COVID cases and the number of people have gotten the vaccine, we're already at about 70% of people have the antibodies from the vaccine or having had the COVID. We're going to be at like 85%, 90% by the 1st of April. It's going to be over. 
He I says, hope he's right. He says by the beginning of April, we'll be at full herd immunity, and it will disappear, and life will get back to normal. That's what he thinks. And that was in the Wall Street Journal, you yeah. said? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't some wackadoodle website. Absolutely not. Huh, interesting. There is There are a number of stories just in the last 48 hours of... A little too much trying to find the worst thing you can find to scare us. And not enough, hey, there's a lot of good news around. Why aren't we focusing right. on this? Well, including people, the don't, people will not tune out if they're frightened or in danger. And uh, and you're less likely to click on good news. It's just a weird aspect to be inhuman. You know, hearing there's a nice juicy antelope in the next valley, that's that's good. Hearing there's a saber-toothed tiger about to chew your head off, that's critical. And news media knows that. But so that's great news. They also figured out the Pfizer vaccine is extremely effective after one dose. And as we mentioned earlier, you can store it in regular freezers, as it turns out. All that stuff about some sort of high-tech super freezer that's very rare. No, no. Turns out that's not the case. These vaccines also are basically 100% effective. And we're going to have more vaccine than people that want them in a couple of weeks. Wow. So there's nothing but good news on the on the COVID front. This is gonna, I, I'm 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 believing this guy. I think it's going to be over soon. I think it's going to be sho- over shockingly quickly and soon. Oh man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my party on. I'm gonna go out clubbing. I'm gonna dance. Please, I'm gonna go to buffets and cough on the food. I mean, it's just gonna be fun. Of course, you got the president of the United States saying maybe things will be back to normal next Christmas. So I don't, I don't know what his, you know, he's very old. He probably doesn't know what month it is right now. Mm. Oh, and this bears repeating just because we have so many listeners in Cal Unicornia. California now has the distinction of being the only state in America where indoor dining is almost universally shut down. Including, with the exception of the far northern, uh, you know, one person per square mile counties of the state, there are quite a number of states that have higher incidence of, of COVID than California at this point. But they've decided, we got to listen to the science. Yeah, hey, dumbass. Economics is a science. Psychology is a science. Child psychology is a science. Starvation, nutrition is a science. And people who can't make money are going to starve because they're not getting their benefits because your benefit system's so corrupt. So, that's a really, mind. relatively frank description of the governor there. Well, it's Kinda time cut, for Frank Talk. Caught me off guard. Now, I didn't get to the end of the list of favorite uh, comfort foods by uh, state. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, uh, the only thing I'm going to mention is that Vermont, the favorite comfort food, which is a term you hate because you think it's what? Like insulting, condescending? I don't get what it is. It's just the food you like. Yeah. Why does it need understand. a cute name? Uh, yeah, exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, it's bread made with bananas. Banana bread. Vermont. <laughs> That's a damn good stand. Ma, oh, my mom. My mom made such great banana bread with a uh, little butter on her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? I think I, I, I've never liked it because it seems to me that it was labeled by the I'm going to eat crap that tastes terrible crowd. And every once in a while, I'll allow myself the comfort of a home cooked meal if I'm feeling stressed. As opposed to I'm just going to eat the stuff I like. Shut up with your you're going to eat, you know, rocks and twigs. <laughs> You know what? You're right. It is often a phrase used by pretentious people. Always. You're right. 
Yeah, right. Um, uh, one one more piece of COVID news before we move on from that. I saw this with some interest. The safest states during COVID. Uh, and uh, see if you can pick out some commonalities here. Number one, uh, number five, safest state, Wyoming. Number four, North Dakota. Okay, I'm seeing a trend. Number three, Maine. Number two, interestingly, Hawaii. Number one, Alaska. So incredibly, uh, dis- what's the term? What's the opposite of dense? Sparse. Yeah, thank you. The most sparsely populated states per square mile are safest for COVID. Well, that's some science that just boggles the mind. <laughs> I wonder what it could be. <laughs> now, Hawaii, that. of course, is not sparsely populated, but it is a series of islands that you have to fly to unless you're a particularly beefy canoeist. And, and Hawaii <laughs> uh, cut down, uh, really restricted people flying to the state. Uh, the rest of the top ten are all big, giant, cold northern uh, states. Right. Um, Not that helpful. Bill Gates came out yesterday. He weighs in on way too many things. But Bill Gates came out yesterday and said social media needs to let Trump back on. I thought that was That's interesting. interesting. Out of Bill yeah, Gates. I didn't see that coming. I do think it's pretty weird that we don't hear from the most popular, probably most powerful Republican in the country because one guy doesn't want him to. One guy, Twitter, doesn't want us to hear from him, and so we don't really. It just seems yeah. weird. He has every we right put to out do a that. State. Well, yeah, we he put out a statement the other day though, and we read it. So you know, he still has a megaphone. Not the same as his ninety million Twitter followers though. Nope, nope. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Two days after semis filled with COVID-19 vaccines rolled away from a Pfizer facility in Michigan in December, then-President-elect Biden said, We finally got some good news with the vaccine approval. But by February, different story. It's one thing that the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office. The vice president goes so far as to say, In many ways, we are com- we're starting from scratch. Even though a month ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci said, We certainly are not scr- starting from scratch because there is activity going on in the distribution. So is the Washington Post compiling the lies of the Biden administration and counting them? Right, 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 right. Right. Come on. Um, I, Peter I, I, Ducey's actually doing a great job as the, the White House correspondent for the Biden administration. Yeah. Um, Kamala said we started from scratch as recently as a week ago. And I read the t- tweet from Sam Stein. I don't remember who he's with now. He used to be with the HuffPo. But Sam Stein, who's a Trump-hating lefty, he said, no, I was on the conference calls at the end of the Trump administration. They absolutely had a plan. So that whole starting from scratch thing is bogus. And Fauci said so. But, so, you know, it's just it's just what politicians do. It's not unique to Biden. It just, you know, it wasn't unique to Trump either is the whole point. Right. Sure. All right. Uh, next clip. The White House chief of staff tweeted today, schools closed under President Trump and they will reopen under President Biden. What's it going to take? Biden had been saying guidance. We have to make sure the businesses and workers have the tools, the resources and the guidance and the health and safety standards to keep businesses and schools open safely. Now they've got that guidance from the CDC. We have presented um, pieces of this guidance to the White House so that they knew what we were planning. But no White House plan for opening schools as promised. Yep, yep, go ahead, let's finish up with that last clip. 
Biden is also eyeing a return to normal life at the end of the year. By next Christmas, I think we'll be in a very different circumstance, God willing. But White House advisors aren't so sure. The rest of us are hired to get the job done, not make forecasts and make predictions. Maybe all this confusion stems from Biden not getting the word out the way he wants to. After all, he had a primetime address in mind last month. Next month, my first appearance before a joint session of Congress, I will lay out my Build Back Better recovery plan. But that speech was apparently never on the books. It's a great mystery. I've not Nancy drew that one out yet, but uh, it was never planned to be in February. Another example that if that happened when Trump was president, it would have been a huge deal. Of course, his press conference uh, spokesman has no idea what he's talking about. And said so. I haven't Nancy drew that one out. You know, he's really old. He says lots of crazy stuff. So we got a text, and I'll bet this is true. This might be the next big political fight we have in this country. So I've been mentioning the most optimistic thing I've read about COVID yet in the Wall Street Journal today from a doctor at Johns Hopkins who says, we're close to herd immunity. We're going to be there by the 1st of April. This thing is going to disappear quickly, and it's going to be over. He said, if you just do the math, it's true. We got this text. Uh, Even if the gentleman who wrote the Wall Street Journal article is correct and we achieve full herd immunity by April, I guarantee the government is going to let this one go. Oh, yeah, for all kinds of reasons. That's the end of the maybe the current $2 trillion stimulus package. Certainly the next even bigger one that you talked about. How are you going to jam through a $3 trillion package after this $2 trillion package when the when it's over? I mean, there's there's some of the biggest money in the history of government spending money on the line here. Nobody's going to be looking to announce it's over. Which right. is really interesting. Right. Well, I'm, I'm running the timetable through my head because they're fairly, I hear, they're fairly close, the Democrats are, to coming to some sort of agreement on the $1.9 trillion COVID relief thingy, which is, of course, just a porktacular expenditure of your grandchildren's money. Now, the next one is, is heavily like infrastructure and different stuff. It's just a giant spending package. It's not as COVID dependent. But I wonder whether the halls of Congress aren't echoing with that editorial, like you point out, and people saying, hey, look, you're all right, I'll give a little on this, you give a little on that. If we're going to soak the taxpayers for $2 trillion to bribe our constituencies, we better do it now. Got this text. Jack, you must have been a really annoying drunk. That's one of, uh, <laughs> one of my haters that uh, texts on a regular basis about various things I hate about me, but. I, I would like to report uh, he was actually quite an amiable and fun-loving drunk. <laughs> Luckily, I was the kind of person when he drank, he went that direction. Yeah. I've known yeah. people who went the other direction. I got a friend who's as sunshiny and, and, and pleasant as can be. He gets he goes dark when he gets drunk. Really? He can't get too drunk or he wants to fight people. Wow, that's interesting. I've had yeah, I know. like that, too. Yeah. 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 I just get happier and happier than I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I need some food. Well, there's Take a nap. There's that. Take then the, a nap. the always enjoyable fourth meal of the day that often is ordered in the state of inebriation. This is just what I needed. All right, that's enough. Speaking of chemicals that help sometimes, uh, let's see. Someone writes. Now, that's a hell of a screen name. Someone. It's almost Kafkaesque. What is, what is your name? My name is Someone. It's a little waiting for Godot. Yes, yes, exactly. The world's most boring play, if you've never read it. I saw the production of it in San Francisco. It's like the first, like, grown-up play I went to, I think. Yeah. 
the worst thing I've ever seen. It's supposed to be brilliant. It's not. It's supposed <laughs> to be. You know what happens? Freaking nothing. <laughs> nothing happens the whole time. Yes, but you think. You're forced to think about the nature of life and God and man. I'm waiting for my money back is what it should be called. <laughs> hey, guys, writes someone. As someone who used to work with RNA and DNA in grad school, I can say this, I can tell you the standard storage conditions for RNA, which is extremely unstable, is indeed about 80 below. But minus 20 can be used for short-term storage. The change may be that the time frame from manufacture to some dude's arm has changed. That, yeah, that could be, although that it wasn't made clear in the article about uh, how Pfizer was saying, yeah, you don't have to store it in the super cold freezer. Put it in the back with your burritos, frozen pizzas. We got a text from a person. I don't remember. I don't know where they live, but they said there's 50 restaurants I could name near me that are open for indoor dining and have been for a while. I haven't eaten inside a restaurant in, God, I don't know how long. Certainly not this calendar year. We got this text, though. Every Oregon restaurant I know is still under lockdown and you can't eat indoors. There are no restaurants near me where you can eat indoors. Oregon, by the way, also I believe is the leading state for schools um, being closed, kids not in school. Eighty percent of students in Oregon are full time distance learning. Eighty percent. Wow, wow. Got that's entirely because it's a blue state. Absolutely. Uh, but what what newspaper had the long long article about that? They were trying to figure out. It doesn't seem like it's that complicated to me. But why the West Coast is so shut down for schools while the rest of the country is not? Particularly California, Washington, and Oregon really leading the shutdown. Um, parade for kids not being in schools, and they're trying to noodle through why that is and this and that, but seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Although they use the, the counterbalance of New York has been open. I mean, de Blasio was really early on trying to get these kids back into schools. He's the one that said teachers got to get back in schools. Now, it was the Wall Street Journal that pointed out that the Chicago mayor and the New York mayor were the ones, and the San Francisco uh, mayor are the ones that figured out we're losing tax revenue. If the kids aren't in school, we're losing tons of money. So we'll open them up. Right. You got that angle of it also. Right. Oh, speaking of San Francisco, I've been sitting on this story for a couple of days and I really want to get to it. So this, uh, this person had posted something. Um, it, uh, I'm sorry. It was, it was posted on the San Francisco Chronicles website, a 33 year old who had moved out of San Francisco. As they put it, uh, 33-year-old Kieran's romanticized California dream soured when thieves broke into his locked garage and caused $8,000 worth of property damage to his motorcycle, doubling his insurance rates. Despite living in a, quote, nice part of town, he also witnessed arrests and drug overdoses, bums and junkies. He was afraid for his life. So he left his $4,000 per month two-bedroom apartment he shared Four with others. Grand. Oh, my God. And moved to Dallas, Texas, where he's probably frozen to death, but he'll pay $1,300 for an abode the same size. Uh, the final insult, he paid $3,000 to rent a moving van, which had cost him $300 when he relocated from Portland four years ago. Wow. So uh, anyway, so he this, uh, this interview is posted in the San Francisco Chronicle, and for some reason, the San Francisco Police Commissioner... Um, whose name is uh, down here somewhere? Kamasaki, I think. John Hamasaki. He uh he he started posting online griping about this dude. Um, he says, uh, uh, oh, one of the key things he said was uh, the guy said, "Look, there's crime everywhere. We need more cops. We need the cops to pay attention. What's going on?" 
Oh, Karen wants more police everywhere, wrote the police commissioner. He calls this guy a Karen for complaining about crime in San Francisco, which is rampant. I mean, it's it's. I think it's the number two property crime city in America after Freattle. But uh, Hamasaki says, as much fun as this is, did anyone even read the article? He's griping about how much salads cost. He left us save money. Talk to the landlords. Uh, There are real issues, sure, but this guy just wanted a cheaper apartment. Okay, okay, great. Somebody complains about crime in San Francisco and you call him a a Karen? Good Lord. Um, That reminds me, there's a funny Karen bit in the new Eminem commercial. Have you seen that? We'll play that when we come back. It's pretty funny. John Kerry made news yesterday. You know, he's the climate czar for Joe Biden. Old horse face John Kerry, old Botox oh, right. John Kerry. Yeah. Um, he said Earth has nine years to avert the worst consequences of climate crisis. There's no faking it on this one, he said. So that's the latest number. We've got nine years to turn this around or we're doomed. The planet is doomed. Nine years is not that long. No. Well, Can I just to... buy a, I don't know, trade my park in for flip-flops? God, I'd like to be able to dip into my retirement savings and plannings in 401k before uh, you know the earth comes to an end. You need to miss out on this sort of stuff. Dying in a ball of fire with your 401k unspent? It'd be frustrating. <laughs> uh, we'll finish strong, we promise. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I feel bad for kicking your seat on purpose. I'm sorry for mansplaining. That's when a man... I know what it is. I wish he'd have just told you it's a boy. (laughs) I wish you didn't have to hear all that. Sorry I called you Karen. That's my name. Sorry your name is Karen. I promise I will not eat any more of your friends. Really? It might happen one more time. That's the new Eminem commercial that I thought was funny. It's all about apologizing to people by giving them M&Ms. <laughs> the guy, sorry I kicked your seat on purpose on the plane. That one's funny. <laughs> sorry, sorry I called you Karen. My name is Karen. Sorry your name is Karen. <laughs> the San Francisco police commissioner called a guy a Karen for complaining about rampant crime, vandalism, and, oh, I left out the fact that his dog... The, the poor fellow's dog ate human poo off the sidewalk, and it almost killed him. Mm. And and he tried to take a hike through Muir Woods, and people kept, bums and junkies kept looming out of the darkness, yelling at him and <laughs> berating him over again. Yeah. He finally was forced to flee. Is that not supposed to happen? That is such a straw that broke the camel's back when your dog gets... You're paying the vet bill because your dog ate human poo off the street, and it's so common that there's no point in even complaining about it. Right. That's a real, okay, I got to move. I got to take a look at my life choices here. Right. And I've been in that situation myself with the the people looming out of the bushes. This is a really nice park. I wish it wasn't so freaking dangerous with all the crazy drug addicts who hang out here. Well, they're the homeless. They're people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, if I'd been a, if I'd decided to become a drug addict instead of working for a living, I wouldn't have a home either. 
Now, we're not, we're not talking about the folks, well, the single medical emergency. Those people aren't berating you in the park. They're living lives of quiet, perhaps, desperation, but they're not crazy people. They're just unfortunate. You know what? I'm happy to help them through private uh, charities. One of the many great things about being on radio stations all across the country is um, different people's experiences. We're getting so many texts from people that, you know, back to California here. In my South San Francisco suburb, no one can eat indoors. Every local restaurant is closed for indoor dining. That's the way it is where I live, too. We're getting lots of texts from people in different parts of the country where, yeah, what are you talking about? Every restaurant has been open for a long time to eat indoors. So uh-huh. It depends on where you are. And, and it, I guarantee you, it's not based on the science in most right. of these places. Right. Well, it's just like there are tens of thousands of schools 100% open right now with the kids in schools five days a week. And yet, in Oregon, for instance, something like 80-85% of the kids are not in school. Cal Unicornia, you have big school districts with no kids in school right next door to not as big school districts where lots of kids are going to school. I gotta, it's just ridiculous. I got to admit, it's been so long since I've eaten in a restaurant, it would feel pretty weird. I think I could get over it, but it would feel pretty weird. Yeah, yeah, especially a crowded one. And but, I, uh, I still I'm have looking so, forward to it. I still have concern about these new variants and how fast they spread, and it upsetting the the rosy projections that we've got out there. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. You know, we mentioned this earlier, and it probably bears repeating. And this is, I'm, I'm not a uh, leaping to conclusions guy. Not all evidence is proof. Sometimes it's just evidence. Sometimes it leads you in the wrong direction. But this is mighty strange. The CDC put out revised guidelines about the COVID testing right around Inauguration Day. They said, look, what we've been doing yields way too many false positives. We need to rein back the number of cycles that you do testing. And I could explain it technically, but I barely understand it, and you might not too. But trust me on this, it's a change in the protocols because they were getting too many false positives. So part of the reason we've seen such a drastic reduction in cases lately is that they just changed the testing protocol. Yeah, if you're going to do an apples to oranges comparison, you probably ought to let us know that. Yeah, yeah, make it clear. And actually, some of the coverage of this made clear that they were intentionally soft peddling the change, kind of uh, half mentioning it. Oh, yeah. See, I'd be out clubbing, dancing to that song right there, as soon as the bit is gone. Man, that was thumping. Here's your host for a final thoughts, Joe Getty. Why not get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day? It's uh, Michelangelo, our technical director, pressing the buttons. Michael! Okay, my final thoughts for Jack. Uh, Jack, make sure when your kids wreck their scooters that you teach them two things. One, don't file a claim with insurance. Pay out of pocket. And two, if they have a minor accident, pull to the side of the road so that other drivers can keep going by. There you go. Yeah. Excellent. Positive Sean is our producer. Final thought, Sean? I think my most serious uh, injury as a youth involved playing football tackle, of course. And uh, I ended up falling on a... My my eye fell on oh. the toe of somebody's shoe. And I had, oh. I had a shiner for a uh, long time. Well, that's a good but, one. But uh, you learn you live from that. Yeah, yeah I, sure. this too did not end me. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll dovetail off of that, but it's Jack's turn. Jack, final thought? I got a number of those stories, but last night, so both my kids crashed their scooters. They're snot and blood, and, and every, every day it was crazy, and crying, and it was quite the scene. And my youngest said, you know how they say someday you look back on this and laugh? This is not one of those times! <laughs> <laughs>
You know, I was, I was a little kid. I was playing a, a game of football in a friend's backyard, and I ran straight into a tree and had oh. to have like three ice packs on my face and my head. And I refused to let my parents take a picture of me because I was embarrassed. And I, I should have because I'd love to see that picture now. My, but I, my I oldest, had my pride. My oldest with his lip and his tooth and his nose and his chin from his wreck yesterday was a little excited about going to school and having the other dudes see it. Yes. <laughs> Red badge of courage. I, got right, I guess my final thought is having raised three children, you can tell kids not to walk too close to the kids swinging on the swing set as many times as you want. And you should. And you will. But they're not going to stop until they get knocked down hard. It's just part of being a kid. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a lot of great clicks for you. All the articles and videos we reference. you got to see the video of the school board members with contempt for the parents who want the kids back in school. Ugh. Yeah, it'll make you mad. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this old cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty.